Hello and welcome to Media Industry Conversations. I'm your host, Kyle Rather. This speaker series was developed as a part of a course in the Department of Radio, Television, and Film at the University of Texas at Austin. Students hear from industry professionals about their experiences, knowledge, and thoughts on the changing media landscape. This week's guests are Chris Lockhart and Julie Richardson. Lockhart is one of the premier story editors for the agency WME, and Richardson is an accomplished writer, director, and producer, with credits including the development and production of the film Collateral. Together, they've collaborated on a number of projects, including the film The Collector and its sequel, The Collection. They spoke on September 28, 2015, on the UT campus, and it was hosted by UT professor and accomplished screenwriter Cindy McCreary. During their visit, Lockhart and Richardson took questions from the UT students about their experiences, advice, and thoughts on the industry. We have a few minutes left for some questions. How's it going? Um, where does all your like knowledge of the construction of the script come from? Was it more from working with your partner for 10 years, or was it from reading just a ton of material and seeing it, or is it from Tish, or? All of the above. All of the above? Sure. It's just a big collection of things? Uh-huh. You know, and just like watching movies, and I Love Lucy. I always say that I learned a lot from I Love Lucy about setup and payoff. Um, yeah. Did you ever have like a natural feel for it, or like? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. M maybe. I think a lot of people would say that I do. I don't know. I never really gave it much thought. That's cool. But now I will think about it. <laughs> I was just curious. Question for all three of you. Um, what was one piece of advice you wish you got whenever you graduated college and moved on to the future? <laughs> um, I would say be, when you have an opportunity, make sure you're ready for it. And I know I got, I applied for the Disney Fellowship several times and I didn't get in. I, got, I made it to the finals three times and i so bummed. But when I finally got in, I was ready. And if I hadn't, if I hadn't gotten in the first time I applied, I would not have been ready. And opportunities don't come along very often. And when they do, you want to make sure you're ready. And when you're right out of college, you want so badly to get your big break, and you want to make sure you're ready for that break. Because if you blow it, it's hard to get another break. So that's what I would. That's my advice for you guys. <laughs> I would say get a job. And I'm not exaggerating. Get a job. Um, for two reasons. One, you do not want your financial needs to constrict your creativity. Like, that is so important. I, Chris and I have worked with an, like a couple of writers that, you know, they read the stupid book that says, you're not a real writer unless it's all you do, right? Like, like you're not really taking a chance unless you've burned your bridges, you're doing nothing but writing, you're making a living at it. Well, not in Hollywood today, pal. Like, that doesn't, and if you've not read The War of Art by whoever we can't seem to remember, read it. Like, that should be. The Art of War? Yeah. No, there's The War of Art. Okay. It is a fabulous book by. Obviously, a, I haven't read it. Uh, but you should. Okay. By, a, by a screenwriter who talks about the business of Hollywood. And the second reason that you should get a job is it builds your network. And your network becomes essential. And I would suggest getting a job at an agency and going out, you know, not getting drunk, but going out and with all the other assistants or interns 
or every, uh, you know, on your level because those people will age up with you. And they will be the people running studios one day. And I cannot tell you how important that is. It is, at, like, to have that network. You know, when I moved to um, Hollywood, I was in my, I was 26. And, you know, I thought I was. Five years ago? Yeah, right. And I was, I thought I was too old to get a job. I, I thought I'm too old to because I had taught high school for a couple of years. You know, I had worked, done all this other, like, I, you know, I felt like, oh, my God, like, I just think I'm too old for that. Not that I'm too good for it, but I'm too old. I don't know if it, somebody would hire me. And um, I, I really hurt myself by not doing that. So I ended up having to build a network the hard way. And, um, and it became a limited network. So if it weren't for being able to plug into these different things, um, I would have been in real trouble. So I, I think that that is just super important. That was really what I was going to say. Um, getting a job within the industry, but, but it's really about networking. Uh, being a screenwriter is, is, or just being in the business, the actual artistic element of it is probably, you know, 50%. The other 50% is truly networking. Uh, the majority of people who get jobs in the business are getting jobs because of who they know. Like if you think, oh, I'm gonna get an agent, now I'm gonna be working all the time. You will, that you will never work. You will still have to go out and get your own work. I mean, it sounds crazy, but that's the way it is. I mean, look at you know, sort of all the work that 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 we've done. It's all from people that 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 we knew, and you know, I knew Patrick and Marcus. I knew Julie. You know, Julie knew Frank Darabont. Julie knew Stuart Beatty. It was. It's all truly about who you know. It is about having the biggest network you possibly can. Uh, my question is for Julie. So do you think had you stayed in Atlanta and been in the industry there, would you have gotten as far as you did in LA? No, sadly. I, so Atlanta was, so what's funny is we went back to Atlanta to make the collection. So that was kind of awesome. You know, I'd been out in L.A. for a number of years by that time, like maybe 15 years by that time, and we literally, I get to take a movie back to my hometown, the Civic Center where I went on field trips for, in elementary school, you know, was our soundstage. Like, it was pretty awesome to go back and do that. But um, uh, there were a couple things. One, I would have never learned what I learned in Atlanta, not because it, it's not there, but I don't know that I would have been exposed to it. Right, um, the it really you know LA is very expensive. Um, that's one of the big downsides. Austin's not cheap, but LA is pretty expensive. And so, um, although um, uh, although that's a downside to it, I just um, I couldn't have built my network there. I wouldn't have understood what uh, you you can make all the movies you want, but if you don't have distribution nobody's going to ever see them. So then you do it for your own creative fulfillment and your investors get screwed. I have a very difficult time thinking that people lose money on projects I do. Like that really, that's just stuff keeps me up at night. And um, I should tell our gun runner story. Like I, you know, I really had to limit my projects because of, I, I, I just am not morally. You're not ruthless enough, Julie. I, I, I'm morally aligned with some of our financing sources. So, um, uh, uh, so I, I, I don't. So 
I wouldn't have understood distribution, and distribution is super important. Let me just say, though, that the, that the industry has changed since that time. And, um, <laughs> the old days. The old days. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of filmmaking going on around the country. So it really depends upon what you want to do. Being a producer, yeah, it probably makes sense to be in Hollywood because that's where all the decision makers are. And that's really sort of where you need to be. Uh, unless, you know, you want to make independent films. And, you know, you can really do that anywhere. It's a struggle, though. Um, uh, but, you know, if you want to be a DP, you know, they're making plenty of movies in Louisiana. They're making plenty of movies in, in Georgia. They're in making Austin. plenty of movies in Austin. Uh, they're making plenty of movies in Canada. So it, it's, and it's really about understanding what your goals are and then... All right, just one quick side note about that. So, yes, they're making a lot of movies in these ancillary cities, but most of them start in Hollywood. There are a few that don't. Beasts of the Southern Wild, I think, started in Louisiana and then went through New York. Um, uh, there were a few other films that have kind of cropped up. Um, the Jeff Bridges film about the country singer, what was that, that Searchlight? Yeah, so I believe that started in the South. Matter of fact, I actually knew Michael. Michael, um, I can't remember his last name right now. I knew him in Atlanta. Um, and he managed to get that made. So there are a few, there are a few times where that's truly successful. So do you have to move out there? No, but certainly. If you want to be helps. an agent, you need to be in either Los Angeles or New York. Period. Um, um, so in my limited internship industry experience, I've heard what you guys have both said and that a lot of experience comes from working at an agency for a year or two years before you really start any sort of career. And I think something I've become frustrated with is the lack of knowledge I have about the business, which is just what you guys both emphasized. Would you say that is your agency experience is where you get the business experience? Or, I mean, you talked about classes. Agency you, and studio experience. Working at an agency, and I'm biased, but working at an agency is like getting a PhD in the business, uh, but it's but it's like frontline PhD. And you and there's a price that comes with that. There is a price. By the way, it's very difficult to get a job in a worthwhile agency. It, but the good thing is, is that there's so much turnover because people come in and they're like, oh, this sucks. This is like the worst job. Working at, I was an assistant right out of college to Ivan Reitman and Tom Pollock, and they have a big, um, production company as a deal DreamWorks. And I, it was so great because I learned the business. I didn't know who Jeffrey Katzenberg, he called my first day and I was like, <laughs> trying to get with my boss. I'm like, there's like this guy, Jeffrey Katzenberg something. And he's so like, professional, Cindy. And, so professional. And someone's like, that's the, the K and the SK. <laughs> but, and, and I want to be a writer. I knew I wanted to be a writer, but it was so, such good experiences I learned a, I learned I wasn't that original because I thought I was the only one in the world who wanted to be a screenwriter. And then I get there, I'm like, oh my God, there's scripts coming in all day, every day. But I learned who all the big players were. I started reading the trades. And I thought, I realized I'm never going to make it as a writer if I don't know anything about this industry, which I didn't. You know, my film history degree only got me so far. So I feel like it's really important to not only have a love 
for film and television and have the knowledge you guys learn in school, but also you just getting your hands wet. And a lot of people um, think you pay your dues by going to school. And the truth is, <laughs> that's just the beginning. Yeah, school is school. You know, you're gonna have to unlearn everything. Enjoy and, it, and, by and the anyway. way. Have a good time. Just, uh, just a quick question, yes. Um, with the, you're talking about the sort of the old and the new school way of doing things, and especially with the, um, the agents, you know, Ed Lamato. And um, I'm just wondering, could you sort of define what are some like key aspects of the old way and what is the new way? Well, I can tell you a little bit. Of it. Let's talk about business models for a second. So now I hadn't thought about any of this when I, uh, you know, when I landed via Delta Airlines in Los Angeles. Like I just thought, I want to make movies, right? So I had not thought about a business model. So I hadn't thought about producing as a business model. Um, so, uh, you know, there are multiple aspects to learn, certainly. Um, and when I was coming up as a producer, which, you know, I'm not that old, but it is completely different, really, than when I was coming up. There were two lines, uh, two, uh, two real ways that producers went. One was that you hang out your own shingle, meaning your own company, right? My, this is my shingle, this is my production company. You start developing projects, and then you go try to set them up at studios. The other way was you start managing talent, writers, directors, rarely actors, and then you become a producer that way. So I didn't want to uh, I didn't want to manage writers. Like, that, that's a lot of work. And then you're really responsible for somebody's career, and that becomes very challenging. But here's the thing. That is a much better business model. And can anybody guess why? You make money. Well, that's <laughs> helpful. That is helpful. Um, yes, but part of it is that as a producer, you need, back then, you needed a, uh, access to all of the studios. You had your, your executives at the studios. You needed to get to know those executives. Um, uh, you needed to know what those executives liked, you know, what kind of material they responded to, and you needed to kind of develop relationships with them. Um, when you are working as your own, you know, kind of lone wolf producer, which is really what I did, you have much less material to take them over time, and it's harder to maintain those relationships. When you're managing talent, you can call them every month, or sometimes once a week, if you have different people that you're trying to get in there, and you end up you know, developing a different kind of relationship. Um, and you can ma maintain those better. Can I just clarify something for one second? Yeah. Which is that agents and managers work very differently. Agents cannot produce. By federal law, agents are not allowed to produce. Managers produce. Uh, and that's a very important distinction. So um, it's great to be an agent at a big agency for a lot of reasons, because you know, it's, it's like a hive. You know, you've got the, the it's, you know, everybody's works as one massive fist. Um, but as a manager, you get to produce and you probably end up making more money in the long run. A lot more money. I'll give you one quick example. I, I have a good friend who was a peer back um, in the 90s, and he and his brother had this little company called the Sugar Brothers, and he had a few 
um, clients. Um, one of them was, um, who was the guy that did uh, South African, Gavin Hood? Gavin. Uh, what was his um, South African movie? Oh, I can't remember. Um, anyway, so he had Gavin Hood. He had a couple of other um, writers and directors. And then one of his friends who worked at WME, who was representing Soderbergh, got him a meeting with Soderbergh. And he went and sat down and pitched Soderbergh why he should be managing him. And Soderbergh said, okay. And like, and what happened was Michael's career really took off. He ended up, he brought Soderbergh in, which gave him a lot of currency, to use Chris's word. And um, he began producing, he, he attached himself as a producer to all of Gavin Hood's movies, to all of Soderbergh's movies and television. You know, to, so it becomes this thing of, you know, it's much the same way you're working with talent, but you're also representing talent. So as a business, business model, that's a much better business model. As the new way of doing things is, certainly for me as a producer, is I've had to um, try to figure out uh, how do I, I don't submit um, projects to studios anymore, so I, it's all about how do I put this together financially, outside the studio system, and then I work on an acquisition basis. Acquisition means that the studios, you make the movie, you take it to a festival, you try to get somebody to watch it, and hope that they buy it. So, you know, it's just, I've had to understand a lot more of the mathematics of it all. I feel like it's much more business, knowing the business more than it used to be, actually. But, um, <laughs> we could go on a lot about that, but we're running out, we're out of time. Unfortunately, we can continue our conversation. But, yeah, uh, we're and if you guys have any questions afterwards, we're happy to yeah, but answer thank them. You. We're going to get barbecued. Don't bother us. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Thank you for having us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Media Industry Conversations. This has been a production of the Department of Radio, Television, and Film and the Moody College of Communication at the University of Texas at Austin. For more information, visit rtf.utexas.edu slash mic. This course was made possible by the work of Dr. Elisa Perrin and Cindy McCreary with lead TA Tim Piper. And the program was produced and edited by the technical TA, that's me, Kyle Rather. Join us next time for another episode of Media Industry Conversations. Reminds me of...